What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Volleyball Source Podcast. It is Thursday, May 27th. My name is Everett DeLorme, and I am joined by the enemy this time. He is wearing the wrong colors. <laughs> Mr. Rob St. Clair. Rob, how are you? Hey, buddy. Uh, it's great. Thank you for having me. I am stepping into enemy territory here. Yeah. And uh, while I love you very much, and I love your show, and I always appreciate you having me on, uh, not this time. No. This, this, this time is for pure shit talk. Um, because <laughs> tomorrow, the men's edition of the uh, Volleyball Nations League gets kicked off in Rimini, Italy. And of course, it's getting kicked off with a banger. Good old Canada versus USA right off the bat to, to get us going. And to be perfectly honest, I'm a little bit sad that it we didn't give us a chance to, you know, uh, germinate a little bit, ha- add a little bit of spice into it. But, hey, if we're going to kick it off, might as well. It kind of reminds me of the Olympics back in 2016. And uh, we all remember how that well, <laughs> I I knew that was going to come up. It's OK. I was going to bring it up later because I am so confident in my team's ability to beat down little brother over and over again that <laughs> I, I will not I will not be triggered by any level of trash talk, uh, even though like the FIV, like you said, the FIVB hasn't like built this particular rivalry up this time, but we in the Volleyball Source Discord most certainly have. Uh, the trash talking has been going for quite some time now. Um, I'll quickly gloss over the fact that uh, on the women's side, the same matchup happened yesterday, and we don't need to talk about the results. I don't, I don't want to make you feel even worse than you're already going to feel tomorrow. But uh, If you want to know about the results, I just released a podcast, and it will be out if you're listening to this, of about uh, the women's uh, events with... Uh, Stefan Choi, another guy from our, our Discord. So yeah, we don't need to talk about it here because we already <laughs> lamented the fact that you know it, it was a rough go for Canadian women. This uh, the uh, yesterday it was. However, the men is a different story, and you know what is the the men whether it's internationally, uh, in the NCAA versus U Sports, or even at the club level, the Canada versus USA clash is literally one of the only sports that. In, in men's volleyball is is one of the only sports that we play at par in so that's why you know i love to puff it's my ch- uh, puff it's my true. chest and, and kind of be like hey we're out here um because you know we are out here and we can go toe to toe with you guys and hand you some losses and it's completely legitimate and that's why i love it yeah i i love this rivalry too uh, and so here here's the way i want to preface this entire uh exchanging of trash talk i would like for us to go into all of this by making or by committing to making no excuses for either team like we we have no idea what lineup we're going to see tomorrow um i certainly have no clue what we're going to see from the u.s and i don't care because if we lose regardless of who plays uh, i will accept any trash talk coming to me i don't believe we will and i i will make that same claim for the history of this rivalry in the last five years that we will talk about. I will not make any excuses from my side. I will commit to that because I want, and I want this to be fuel for both sides and hopefully perhaps the players who might listen to this to do the same. I want this rivalry to mean as much to the players as it does to us because that's sick. And uh, there, it should matter. It should matter for the USA to want to beat Canada. It should matter for the Canada to want to beat the US. And while our average tournament finishes internationally, are lobsided in in, in a, a certain uh, Big Brother's favor. However, uh, head to head, it's it's this, a this is what it's I'm a talking toss about. Up. 
This is what I'm talking about. Right? Hey, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm coming here into enemy, enemy territory. And I'm saying head to head, it's a toss up. Despite the fact that we outplace you at every single tournament without fail, uh, you will, Canada will except routinely, for except, for except, for, except for the 2017 World League. Yeah. And we'll get to that. I mean, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be leaning on that heavily. <laughs> throughout the really? throughout this show Tucker. yeah i'm gonna be leaning on that, that heavily yeah, that and, and the 2016 olympics i i wish we we should just put a counter on the screen for how yeah, i would even throw in the asterisks of the 2015 Norseka grand champions cup that happened uh, yes. in, in detroit that in detroit. that was kind of went how that that kicked everything off uh since then i believe those numbers so actually are let's let's do it let's start there so i i went back today and i and i cataloged every match between the U.S. and Canada uh, since the 2016 Olympics, in including and since the 2016 Olympics. But it is worth talking about that match in 2015, because first of all, that that highlight that you made, you took all the like it was a baseline camera, like classic highlight from that Detroit tournament is what introduced me to your channel in the first place, I think. And mm -hmm. I remember watching that match. I remember it being sick. I remember Matt Anderson like almost taking TJ Sanders' head off, hitting him in the throat cross court. One of one of the biggest packs I've ever seen. I remember Steve Marshall playing opposite and being sick. And then I remember Taylor Sanders and Matt Anderson getting ace to lose the match, like 16-14 in the fifth. And it was sick. It was a really good match. And it was definitely the first time I can remember. And I've been watching international volleyball since 2009. It was the first time I ever remember losing to Canada. And, that uh, was that was the first one, and I even that one like like because Gavin Schmidt was our big gun at the time, and he was out and, right. and and staying down because we had already qualified for whatever we needed to qualify for for at that point because it wasn't a Norseka it was the grand it was the Norseka Champions Cup to qualify for the FIVB Champions Cup and two yeah, teams it like it's oh it's it's one of these like just weird ass tournaments that we only have in volleyball it's like hey we right. don't play enough let's play more here let's just yeah, yeah. screw it no one that was cool though because it was in conjunction with the usav PBL, adult yeah. nationals yeah pvl back in detroit that memorial day yeah. which was which was cool uh but yeah that was really the first time in my memory that canada beat the u.s that was the end of freddie winner's career which was sick uh tj sanders in his prime justin duff uh dan lewis was still playing libero at that point so Look! Look at me! I know my I know my Canadian history yeah. too. It was and, starting in 2015, <laughs> and I mean that was kind of the beginning of this American roster. That was Max Holt, Max That's right. Anderson, Mike, That's Michael right. Christensen. Like pretty much like like Murphy Troy was on the roster. Yeah, He's Murphy Troy of, played opposite in that match yeah, because yeah. Anderson played left side. So th this is right at the beginning of like the, the the second full year of Taylor Sanders' career. Mm -hmm. um, this is the the very beginning of Aaron Russell becoming who he now is. Uh, yeah, this is the the beginning of the American core that is what it is now. You're right. Yeah, well, that was very much kind of the first year because I believe we did qualify for the World League Finals that year uh, as well. Um, uh, 15? I don't remember. Man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 15 is the year that we qualified for, for the World League Finals and, and beat Russia um, that year too. But yeah, it there's been... You know, there's there's been some epic moments of between Canadian and American volleyball uh, over the years. Um, I got to see one of them in, in person, uh, and I think you saw you've you've seen one of them in, in person as as well too. I got to see them World League in Ottawa in 2018, I believe. And VNL, it was the first VNL in 2018. Uh, the U.S. went to Ottawa and beat you three sets to one the then the following one, yes. year i was there in my home city or this rather the suburbs of chicago where I, canada I, came in in the 2019 vnl and beat us three sets to one i was there so we, we, 
we we've both watched our team lose in our hometowns. On homes, on, on I, homes. I, grew, I grew up in Ottawa, so that's right. Yeah, that um, was a tough one. That's, that's uh, so like it, it's pretty much even. Like it, it, you could almost split it split it down the middle in in terms of terms. Well, it's of funny you say that because I will tell you this right now in across all competitions. And this is pretty informally collected by me a couple hours ago. Um, starting with the 2016 Olympics, uh, the USA and Canada are five and five. Ooh. Now, if you break that down into competitions that I deemed internationally meaningful, Canada actually leads four or three. Ooh. So this that that removes uh, there was a world a world championships warm up match that we played in Slovenia in 2018 before the 2018 world championships. Okay, so you, you went deep uh, with these. Oh yeah, okay. I, I went every every match that was played. So uh, USA US three one Canada in that one. I basically threw that one out. Um, and then there were two Norsecas. There was one in Colorado Springs in 2019 where Canada beat the US three one. It was the USA C team. I threw that one out. Uh, let's see, Norseka 2017, also in Colorado Springs, USA 3-0 Canada in an absolute beatdown. Fortunately for I you, I threw that one out. But no, that was a legitimate one. Uh, I, you could argue that it was, uh, but like I don't really care about Norsekas because that those tournaments don't mean that much to me. I was really counting VNL, like World Olympics, World League, VNL, World Championships, and then World Cup because we've played in pretty much all of those. I also didn't count because we didn't play, but wanted to wanted to point out that in North Seekers in 2019 in Canada, Winnipeg, yes. right? Um, we didn't play, but our B team outplaced you. So suck it. I mean, <laughs> there's a large asterisk to that one. And we're not no, going to... there's not? Yeah, it's called Cuba. Yeah, we beat play, them in pools. You had to play Dominican Republic in this in we, the semifinals. We beat Cuba in pools. We okay, beat we, the reason Republic. It was Puerto Rico. No, probably Mexico. it might have been Mexico. Who cares? Yeah. The reason why we didn't play Cuba until the finals is because we beat Cuba in pools, and that yeah, was our B team. Cuba in pool play versus Cuba in the finals and in yeah, playoffs was dras two drastically that, different teams. That Cuban team was sick. Check out the Volleyball Source YouTube channel for those videos. So let's go back to the beginning of this period, like like uh, like I've collected here today. Okay. All right. 2016 Olympics. The 2016 Olympics is is ever it's probably the peak of your entire existence, right? Uh, Canada beating the U.S. three one three zero shit three zero right at the <laughs> first first day in the of first the match of the tournament. First day of the Olympics. You know, it's on prime Brutal. time on CBC. It's on Brutal. prime time on NBC, or maybe not even prime time because you guys have that weird thing that everything is is backdated uh, with with Tape your... delayed. Yeah, who yeah. knows? I don't. I don't remember. Honestly, but I don't. I don't remember the I, match. I, vividly in my head but i'm sure you do <laughs> I, I honestly it's pretty foggy because i had come home from a four-day boys camping trip um so there wasn't much sleep and a, a few beers were drinking were drinking kind of in the like literally like got home that day and watched the match Love um it. so yeah it was it, I, it was a little fuzzy but yes it was i was elated at, at that moment and it was just kind of like it to be honest it was less of a statement to the volleyball world and more of a statement to Canada, right? Because I like that. Because truly, like obviously, like volleyball is way far down. Like it, it's it's come up in stature since then. Like the 2016 Olympics helped that massively, just with the amount of exposure we had, both on the indoor and the beach. But it was really like like 
in Canada, like you, you made like, of course we do have like a little brother syndrome in a way because the only thing we actually beat you in in hockey and then if we lose to you in hockey it's like a national disgrace that, yeah that it's and incredibly like have, embarrassing like, you know, it's, that's right it's, it's really bad um so whenever we beat you guys in anything it's a big deal and beating you guys in team sports it's really only hockey and women's soccer that it ever happens and it okay. never happens you know it doesn't happen at the olympics you know you guys always find a way to rig it um in, in your favor like you <laughs> well did. the olympics is cool like for that reason because Oh yeah. The Olympics is cool for that reason because it puts individual sports on a stage that reach past that sports audience. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that obviously. And so people will root for team Canada just because they're Canadian, not because they really care about volleyball. And yeah, I'm sure that the fact that Canada beat the U S three, nothing in the first match of the Olympics in 2016 was a nationally big deal. And I will, I'll say this right now, when, when we're not playing you, I'm a huge Canada fan. I think likewise, Canada be likewise. Yeah. I think I think Canada being good is great for the game of volleyball. Um, but now that it's been proven that Canada is able to beat the U.S. on occasion, um, I have to take my trash talking a little more seriously and start with the fact that the only reason you were even in those Olympics is because we won World Cup in 2015 and you didn't even have to go through us to qualify continentally. So you're welcome. No, 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 no. That's where you're wrong, sir, because we didn't even qualify continentally. We qualified at the last chance. Qualifier. Oh, that's you right. You lost because to Cuba. we <laughs> shit the bed at home against Cuba. Right. I forgot. So you know what? That take away that thanks because we didn't need you. We we got by on the string of our own underpants, okay? And trust wow, me, because, I forgot about that. Man, like you're bringing up some PTSD right now with friggin' Edmonton back in 2016 because I oh, forgot that was Sorry, that was a devas too. devastating one. That's why you know qualifying the way we did at home against Cuba back in 2020 was such such a such a large deal that was one of my favorite matches i've ever watched i was rooting for canada so hard it was so sick so anyway i, I mean uh, likewise that one of my other favorite matches i've ever watched was the 20 2008 final between Bra oh, usa and and brazil right doesn't so, get any doesn't yeah, get any better than that there's some there's some mutual admiration over there however i will yes. state <laughs> that i think we're gonna win tomorrow right i, I, I couldn't like, disagree more you know what am i like i, I think that we're coming in after speaking to Blair Band, and I'm pretty upset that I haven't posted that uh, interview yet, just because the audio is terrible and like my is so low and his is his is so high. So I've been like going through and painstakingly like editing the entire audio, but it mm. takes it takes a while. And there's been a lot of things going on with VNL and Beach and stuff like that. But in speaking to B Blair Band, it seems like the boys are firing, and like we have our roster right. Like all of our guys are healthy. All of our guys are, are coming off of the majority are coming off of some some pretty good seasons uh, seasons overseas and I really think that the COVID break actually helped us right at the time it was obviously a little bit devastating but I think it it helped us in terms of just repairing the bodies and the minds of some of the guys on our team. There were some some of the same things that I was feeling about the USA. So first of all, like coming into this. Coming into last year's Olympics before it got canceled, I was like, oh, no, we, we might be in serious trouble here because there was no way Taylor Sander was going to be able to play. His shoulder this time last year was absolutely just non-functional. And so the fact that the Olympics got pushed back this year gave him a chance to even be there, which is huge. Now, I was extremely high then on the Americans' Olympic chances this year until the Aaron Russell news. Now, That's uh, devastating. That sucks, but you guys can go listen to the 5-1 Volleyball podcast I was on with our very good friend Dan, uh, which got posted, I believe, yesterday, where we reviewed his like top four teams in VNL rankings. And he put the USA at four, which is which I believe is a fair spot. And um, mm -hmm. I talked about this, where like 
Aaron Russell's a big loss, but if you think about in the last quad since since him and Sander have been the the clear starters, um, the first guy to go to the bench, if need be, is always Aaron Russell. Always. He he is it's usually because he doesn't have a very good passing day or he uh he is just spatching balls out of bounds offensively from the service line and he gets pulled for a more ball controlly type of guy. So that is not something strange to the American national team to replace Aaron Russell with somebody. However, like I won't sit here and tell you that I wouldn't rather have Aaron Russell playing, but like if you get any like a Thomas Jeschke or a TJ DeFalco or even a Garrett Magatutia, who you can expect to see a good amount of this VNL, those guys are, they're not nearly as good as Aaron Russell, but they fit a role in his place that at least makes sense to the team in such a way that those of that those of you in the volleyball source discord who have been saying, Oh yeah, blow it up. The Americans have no chance. Uh, I disagree with that for that reason, because I think there, there, there is some, some fit. There is some familiarity with playing without Aaron Russell, even though it would be nice to have him. You can't replace his high ball scoring ability. You can't replace his blocking ability, but you can replace some of the other things. And I think we're going to be fine in that regard for that reason. Um, the reasons why I'm a little concerned about the break for the U S is uh, Matt Anderson's play. Mm-hmm. He has hardly touched a volleyball in pretty much two years, but for those of the people who have brought that up to me, trash talking the discord, I have reminded them time and time again, that if you are counting out Mr. Matt Anderson, you are an idiot and you are going to learn the hard way. I, I mean, I will have, you know, that I have never been one of those people because <laughs> I, right. I don't think that like I think that Matt Anderson is one of those types of athletes that can turn it on and off, you know, uh, and I think that he like he's a little longer in the tooth. Let's say, you know, he's he's getting up there in age. He's one of the more senior members of this roster. And we've already seen a situation kind of in the two, in the 2010s when Matt Anderson had to take it some time away from volleyball That's for his true. mental health when he was at Zenit, was Zenit Kazan. So for me, I, I just see that as an extension of this. And of course, like there's much more that goes into that now. Now he's a father and, and all these things. So I just see that as a, a pause away from volleyball and that if anything, he's just going to be hungrier coming back. You know, and so that's why, like, I am not sleeping on Matt Anderson at all. Like, I would not be surprised if we see Matt Anderson as being an all-star at the end at the end of this event. You know, that's how, that's you know that's how highly I regard him, right? I, I, I think that not only are you gonna is he might he play at that level? I think he might play at that volume just because mm, yeah. he, even though the U.S. brought four opposites to Vienna, which is just ridiculous in my opinion, but I think you're gonna see him play both pins because he obviously can. And I think you're going to see him play a pretty decent amount because he hasn't played in a while. And the more, you know, in match touches he can get, the better. So I do think you're going to see a lot of Matt Anderson. And again, based on our matchup tomorrow and just throughout this tournament, I'm not making any excuses for the USA's win-loss record based on what roster they choose to throw out there. Uh, But I think that even though VNL is, is a training ground for a lot of guys to get minutes, I think you will see a lot of Matt Anderson for that reason. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think you might as well run him. If there's anyone who needs to find his rhythm throughout this VNL, it's, it's definitely Probably him. It's, it's definitely Matt Anderson. Yep. Right. To, to be honest, though, like <clears throat> when I look at the Canadian roster right now, I'm excited because there's so many different looks that we can give. And everyone literally legitimately everyone is there to be able to contribute to that roster. Right. In any situation, True. I think that we can throw anyone in. Maybe not our backup libero, Jordan Pereira. Not in that. that no. I, 
Not that I don't believe his <laughs> in his in his ability. However, this is his first taste of international play ever, right? But then again, you know, Blair Ban is a guy that I, I'm, he's a workhorse, right? Like, and he's an energetic guy. Like, and he's a, a libero, so like he's gonna he he has the ability to play a little bit longer. But when you look at our our four outsides, they're almost interchangeable in, in some ways, right? It, so is, Mar Lepke Hogue Marshall, Marshall, sorry, five and Parent. Oh, Gord, of course. And, and you know Perrin. what? Like, like that's one. Like, I, I really think that this is going to be, we are going to be seeing vintage Gord Perrin. And we haven't really seen that. You know, like, you talked about how Taylor Sander wasn't going to be available. Gord yeah. would have been available, but he wouldn't have been healthy, right? His right. back was, like, was killing him. He didn't play at the 2019 Orsica Championships, right? That's another reason why there's maybe an asterisk. So I'll make excuses about that one, right? Because <laughs> Gord was sitting on the bench just stranded, right? He got subbed out ha- after the first set uh, in that match against against Cuba, right? And Nick Hogue came in and came in and, and done that job. But like, you know, if you look at that de- the depth of that left side squad between um, Mar, uh, Marshall, Hogue, um, Perrin, and Lepke, like. There's a lot of depth there, and there's a lot oh, yeah. of there's a lot of different looks, right? So, and and another thing to consider with Team Canada is that I think that maybe our potential roster for the Olympics is is larger, right? Like you could uh, uh, maybe like like literally any five of those left side guys, you can make an argue argument for of why they should be on the on the uh, the, the for sure the the uh, roster for the Olympics. You know, even a guy like Danny Demineko who. Maybe some would say have, a, have a, doesn't have a chance. Has an outside chance of making it to the Olympics if he can perform during during VNL here. I know he's an undersized guy, but if you look look statistically, he actually touches higher than like Luf, Lucas Van Berkel and Dan Jensen Van, Dor- Van Dorn in in some scenarios, right? So you know you can make the argument that that he could be there, and then like the setters, it's going to be a complete toss up between who who we're going to be running with. The That's three of a great them. point. I, I do think that the 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 one guy that is going to be guaranteed to be going is Jay Blankenau because he's you know the, the the guy who's the most healthy and the and the most ready to go and it's really going to be, be between you know Brett and and TJ but once again that's going to be determined over the course of this VNL so yep. I, I think our guys are going into it with something to prove because not only do they have something to prove in terms of Team Canada to the world but they've got something to prove to Glenn Hogue and being like this is why you're going to be bringing me to Tokyo I think that's a very good point. You you guys might have more of a, a bunched group because, I mean, we talk about all the time, roster size in every other FIVB event is 14, but for Tokyo, for the Olympics, it's 12. So the coaches have very tough choices to make. Um, I don't know. I don't even know who your backup libero is. I'm not confident in him in any way. But uh, uh, otherwise, for across the board for you guys, I'm I feel pretty good about your position depth, even – compared to or better than the Americans position depth at some of those positions. However, our starters have you in pretty much, pretty much across the board. Uh, Micah Christensen, you can't, you can't compete with that. Don't try. Matt Matt Anderson on the right. You can't compete with that. Don't try. Max Holt in the middle um, is ever so slightly better than Graham Vigress when healthy, but not by much. I'm a huge Vigress fan. Um, Different styles, but I agree with that. Yes. Dave Smith just won champions league. uh, um, Although, one of your other middles, I don't know, might come close. Taylor Sanders. Arthur Schwartz, buddy. 
Come on, you know uh, how I feel about Arthur. I Schwartz. do. That's, <laughs> that's that's overblown. We'll see how this VNL goes. Uh, Taylor Sander, you can't compete with that. I know Gord Perrin's good. I, I don't care. He's not as good as Taylor Sander. And then Aaron Russell went healthy. You can't compete with that either because you don't have a guy of that size and that play style. Yeah, but we but, can't bring up Russell right now. He's not around. No, he's not around. So it doesn't right. matter. So, so that, that's 100% where like the, the crux of your roster is, is is in that P2 position, right? We're not talking about, we're not even, we're not talking about next year. We're not even talking about the Olympics. We're strictly <laughs> talking about tomorrow. tomorrow. We are tomorrow. strictly <laughs> talking about tomorrow, noon Eastern time. 11 a.m.? That's right. 11 a.m. Central 11 a.m. my time. So what's funny is that uh, Dan and I have the European volleyball show tomorrow mm. at 11 a.m. Eastern, and we, which we have pledged to one another to keep well under an hour so that we can immediately hop over to the voice chat on Discord at noon Eastern and flip from our like professional European lens of talking about volleyball to pure trash talking. And I'm so excited for it. It's, <laughs> it's honestly like it... it 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 makes me so excited because like international volleyball, international men's volleyball is arguably my favorite type of volleyball, and it's you know, arguably my favorite sport. Period. Like it. Okay, I, yeah. I like. I'll, I'll, I like. I'll, I'll jump in that. I like rooting for the the American men's national team almost as much as I like rooting for the Packers, and that's really Ooh. saying a lot for me. It really is, especially like, right now with how they're treating your boy, but. We are not talking about that. This, this is a pro Aaron Rodgers universe that I'm living in. Okay. So like I've, I've grown up a St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan, but I think I like watching American volleyball more than that. Like that's how important, uh, like how much of a, just a pure fan I am of the American men's national team. I, I, have, haven't, I have shed haven't tears. In two years. I have shed tears over the Ottawa Senators. And I mean, <laughs> it's pretty easy to be a Canadian volleyball fan over the Ottawa Senators now, but it's still, it's still a thing. Well, yeah, that, that's that's like how that's how excited I am. It's that's the level of excitement I am to even watch American volleyball again because it's been two years and it's been it's just been a long time and I love it so much. And as as much fun as I had watching this club season because it was electric and there was so much wacky stuff that went on in Champions League, like it's just not the same as is the international game for me. I just love it that much more. I think the nationalism really adds so much to it. it there's such a more diversity of play style. The 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 culture is just so cool to me and uh vnl is a is a good starting point it's not the greatest competition in international volleyball we'll, we'll obviously agree on that but in stepping stones to tokyo and in ways to get us back into international ball uh usa canada is going to be a pretty nice way to do it and i'm just excited to be able to just talk trash again it's awesome yeah it's going to be great i think i think we win set one i i i think okay. like the boys are okay. ready to go and okay. i think we come out firing in set one Okay. Uh, it's, it's yeah. I really just don't know who we're gonna throw out there. I really hope that we throw the A team out there because I want it to mean something to the guys. Like, so I'm thinking back to the last couple USA Canada matches that we've seen. And I want to go over the rest of them. Uh, World Cup 2019, we beat you three two, mm -hmm. but it really didn't matter very much. No, that, that whole that whole tournament didn't matter. Uh, no, you're you didn't have a lot of your team. We didn't have a lot of our team. Whatever. Um, VNL 2019, you beat us in Chicago, like we talked about. Um, Mike Amaa set that day, but other other than that, it was pretty much the USA's A team. Like Matt Anderson played, I think Sander played. Um, I was really impressed by Brett Walsh that day. That was the first time I knew who he was. I thought he ran a great offense, and I just remember Gord Perrin absolutely roofing the shit out of Matt Anderson like three times. Uh, so Gord Perrin is arguably one of the best left side blockers in the He's world. He's a sick blocker. 
Sick blocker. Uh, a very notable one that is almost as important as the Olympic one that you love to bring up is when we stomped you at World Championships in pretty much an elimination match ooh, in 2018. Yeah, that was a tough one. You're right. Uh, that. Ooh, ouch. Yep. So that happened. Uh, we're skipping over that like Slovenia World Championship warm up match yeah. like I talked about earlier. About it doesn't that, matter. Yeah. VNL 2018. We beat you in Ottawa. We already talked about that. Um, and so Everett, I'm I'm spoon feeding you an opportunity to talk about the 2017 World League. Not only did you beat us, you beat us twice, and one of them was in the finals. Yeah, I, I mean it was. You know what? I I think that we are going to see the same energy and the same fire from that Canadian team in 2017 this year. You know, I, I, I really think that this year is going to be something special and that we have a group that it has been recharged and rejuvenated and are excited to play with each other. And that's one of, you know, that's one of the best things for Canadian volleyball. Our, our brand of volleyball isn't the, we're not big bangers like you guys, you know. Um, Matt Anderson likes to swing hard. We like to swing smart. You know, we like to play smart. Um, and of course, we, we are all led by the one, the only Grandpa Hogue, who has been a legend. He has been, you know, upgraded because we, we, we know him as Big Daddy Hogue here in in, <laughs> uh, in Canada. However, due to um, uh, Nick Hogue already being the daddy of uh, a certain team uh, in Italy, you know, Hogue has been upgraded to Grandfather Hogue. And if you don't uh, know what fantastic. we're talking about, it means you need to come hang out on the Discord. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> however, you know, like, and, oh, and, and that's one of the things, you know, in my in my podcast with TJ Sanders, he talked about the difference between pro volleyball and national team volleyball. And in the fact that, um, you know, pro volleyball is very athlete driven. You know, it's about plays. It's about, you know, big plays, high jumpers, you know, it, it's the, the better athletes are, are, are the team that's going to win. However, in international volleyball, because how they dissect it so much, structure matters so much and how the team plays together matters that much more because the margin is just is just so much closer. And I'm there's no slight whatsoever to John Spra and his staff and what the American national team has established. Obviously, it's one of excellence. However, I am a huge supporter and believer and believer of what we've got going on in Canada and the system that Glenn Hogue has built in place. And that's why I think that, you know what, Dan is out here ranking Canada as 10th for VNL. Like boys, <laughs> boys, Dan's been in Europe a little too long. He, ha like, to, he has been bring, like, him, bring we, him back to the motherland. Like, and show we, we might have to up. confiscate that team Canada Jersey, maybe take down the Raptors banner from, from the, uh, from the wall. Because I wouldn't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. Throw it, you know, and you know what, like when he said it, I kind of like took it. I was like, oh, you know what? Sure. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about it. This is your show and, and we're going to let you have it. But man, I, I've just got, I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my bones that, you know what? I, I think tomorrow is, is I think tomorrow is going to go three, one in, in our favor. Um, we seem to like that, that number, uh, but between the, between the two of us. So yeah, I think tomorrow is going to go three, one in our favor. Okay. Uh, I, I, I strongly appreciate that fire. I feel it too. I'm, I'm, I'm really psyched. I'm a massive, like just American Homer and a fan just, almost to the level that you are with Canada, I would argue. And uh, I, I've got our guys regardless of lineup configuration, but I think it goes five. I, th I think, five. I think, it go I think it goes five, but then we beat you like 15, eight in the fifth. Whew. Come on. <laughs>
<laughs> who's, at least I want that. I want that to happen. Who's, It'd be who, really who, funny. Who's stepping in on on the P two for you guys? Are you going Jayski? Like, so like Dan and I, you. perfect world. And that's, this is a very good question. Now Dan and I talked about this the other day, and he he brought this up in a way that I hadn't really thought about it before because I've been assuming based on history and patterns that it's going to be Garrett Mangatutia. And now whether or not that's the right choice, I, I won't speak on that because I think a lot of people have the same opinion as Dan and I, but uh, the pattern of the way that Spira has used him the past four five, six years, even he's not young, but he's hung around in the gym for this long and has gotten playing time in certain spots in international competition that I just see the pattern of be, of him really have, having a serious chance to be the guy at that L2 spot in Aaron Russell's place. However, if it were me, I would take Thomas Jeschke. First of all, hometown kid. He's my age. I played against him in club. He's from Chicago. Love that. Um, I was there when he tore his ACL in the 2018 VNL. I was there in Hoffman Estates. It was oh. terrible. It was his, it was a homecoming for him. He was playing in front of his home fans and he had about one of the worst injuries that you can have. And then the following year, he is making an incredible effort play, like diving into a wall defensively and hurts his shoulder and is out for pretty much a whole pro season. So for that reason, I think a lot of people have been sleeping on him because he went back to Verona this year when Verona took a chance on him coming off of pretty much two straight injured years and he balled out. He and Dan made the point. He, he was the... He was the best North American outside hitter in Italy other than Aaron Russell. He was better than TJ DeFalco. He was better than Eric Lepke. And he was way better than Stephen Marr, who didn't see the court ever. So, uh, yes, he was. When he, I mean, when he, when Stephen Marr saw he the had court, a better season, he was, he was good. Jeski had a better season than all those guys. So he's, he's coming off a year and is not being talked about enough uh, as, as a really good option for the U.S. And, my thoughts on TJ DeFalco, I, I, I mean, I know we really like to compare him and Lepke head-to-head because their play styles are sim- similar enough and they're about the same age. Um, I've seen there, I've seen, I've seen two very different TJ DeFalcos before. I've seen both in person. I've seen Long Beach State TJ DeFalco where he was the best player in the gym. He knew it and everyone else knew it. I've also seen first or second year on the national team, TJ DeFalco, when he came in and replaced Thomas Jeschke after that ACL injury that I just talked about. And they were completely different players. It was night and day. And I think his Viva Valencia TJ DeFalco is definitely somewhere in the middle. Um, But the way that he carries himself in the national team gym is so much different and so much better than anything that most people have seen of him so far. He really... He, he humbles himself more. He lays himself back more. He fits himself into the team mold more. And if you catch him on a good day when he's really controlling the ball well, he is disgusting. So I, I think that he's going to have a very good VNL. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with his consistency and his level of play. So, And I, I'm honestly not as low on Garrett Magatutia as several other people are. So I think that he is very capable He's not going to light up any any category in the stat sheet, but he's going to do his job. So um, I would like Jeschke to get the start tomorrow. I would like that. This is what I would like. I would like Taylor Sander, Thomas Jeschke. I would like Micah Christensen. I would like Matt Anderson. I will. I expect Eric Shoji, and I would like Middles. Um, assuming Max Holt is healthy, I would like him out there, and I would like David Smith out there. But let's say he's not. I'll take Jeff Jendrick. I'll take Taylor Averill. Or I'll take Mitch Stahl. I actually really like all those guys. So um, 
that, that that's my thoughts. Well, the USA has a lot of depth. They're not their depth isn't as like Olympic ready as I think Canada's depth is. You, your your the, depth is 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 legitimate depth, but you definitely have a separation of like this is the team that's going to the Olympics, sure. and for these sure. are the next generation of of kids that are here to get experience. It's a good way to say it. Yeah, I agree. And like and like I the, the no no shade and slight to those guys. Like I think that those are all phenomenal athletes, and like you know we have Eric Lepke. Schwartz can kind of be considered in that because he's a, of a younger age group as well, but he's he's going to be on, on the Olympic roster, um, and barring injury or, or something like that. But uh, but yeah, just going back to TJ DeFalco, you know, I did get to see TJ DeFalco for that A two team that competed in Winnipeg at the North Seca Championships. Yep, and he was yep. he I, he did impress me there quite a bit, right? So I I definitely think definitely think that he's going to be a, a member of your roster and 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 one to watch. Um, I think if it weren't for Aaron Russell's injury, it would have been close for him. But I think now, assuming that Russell can't come back from hip surgery for Tokyo, it's very clearly Taylor Sander, Jeshki, Mangatutia, DeFalco. I think it's very clearly those four outsides. All right. Fair enough. For me, I think one of the most interesting things, uh, I, just to go over my roster, I think we're going to have yep. Perrin and Mar. Uh, I think okay. Blankenau is going to be setting. Um, okay. uh, we're going to have Viagras and Schwartz in the middle. Ban as libero, and we're going to Sclater on the right side. I have no disagreements with any yeah. of that. I think I, all I, that makes sense. I, I think that, and I've I've said it on the Discord, and I won't let anyone tell me otherwise. That <laughs> I 100% think that Sclater is our number one option right now. The way the season he had in uh, in France, um, the, the the way he played at the uh, Olympic qualifiers. I've heard it from the mouth of Blair Band that he is tearing the leather off the ball right now, metaphorically, of course. Um, and uh, I, I think that right now it's his spot to lose. Not saying that, you know, it, it's... I, I think in the, the, the States, you guys have two positions that are really locked up. On the right side, you've got Matt Anderson. Sorry, three, along with the barrel. In the, in the setter position, you have Micah Christensen. Whereas we have three options and we're going to be used inter, inter, interchangeably, yep. and uh, and libero of course with, with Eric, Eric, Soji. Eric yeah. Soji. We we have no the question. same same thing with Ban. But I truly think, and we're going to have to touch on this, is that this is going to be a coming out party once again for Shawan Vernon Evans because he's in his element. He's with the team that he wants to be with. He needs a fresh start after dealing with Tragica all season <laughs> long. Okay, and you know what? The like. Like there's no place better to like pump that their, your tires a little bit than being at home, you know, with the boys who, you know, maybe you're going to ride you a little bit. Maybe they're going to rag on you a little bit. Maybe, you know, they're going to they're going to try to poke your buttons. And you know what? You want to talk about 2017. That was the best, you know, still to this day. That's the best we've seen. Shawan Vernon Evans. Right. At the it's absolutely hands, true. At the hands absolutely. of TJ DeFalco, who was just setting him like an absolute maestro out there, right? He could have been directing a f symphony, right? TJ Sanders, you mean you said TJ DeFalco. <laughs> a different guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I made this like huge passionate well, speech about it, and I like no, messed it up. It's, it's all right. I know where you're going. Yeah, dude, I, I, nobody's going to argue that Shawan's ceiling is higher than Sclater's, but Sclater, also no one is going to argue that he's playing the better volleyball right now just because of their the circumstances of their seasons. I'm a very I'm right out, I'm right there with you for free Shawan, like the whole the whole movement to get him on a team, a club team where he can actually play. But you're right. Like Hogue knows that if he's gonna start him, he's gonna have an infinitely long leash for that match. At least I, I hope that's true because that's the right approach for him mm. um, for, for this point in his career. I hope 
that, that, that that's the way, especially in, in a tournament like VNL, where even if he hits negative 200 and you lose, I think it's still a value add to just let him go out there and do his thing. See, the thing is, though, is that it depends on how he's working within the system. And that's I think that's what for, for Canada is, is very specific. And that we've had times where Shawan has been left out there and he's you know, only been getting a couple of points a set, right? Because he works so well within the system. Like he, the way we're able to build the block defense around his block, because it's so strong and so consistent, right? His ability to set out of system, right? There's, there's so many things that Shawan does well that are so underrated in terms of him being an overall volleyball player that allow him to add value, right? And even if he's not crushing the ball, right? So the, the thing is, is that if he's able to do the other jobs, and and still add value to to that like our, our roster is more than the sum of its some of its parts right that and, is true and, for every national team which is why i think national team volleyball is cool going back to the point that you made earlier about club being driven by athletes national team being driven by system that's why i love that one of the reasons why i love national team volleyball and like zaxa this year good example that team was clearly more than the sum of his parts it's rare when you find a club team where that's the case but all the national teams are and just to counter your, your point there about shawan he is actually very good at a lot of different volleyball skills but at the end of the day what's his job at the opposite spot crush the ball score points yeah for sure and like score i points i think that he's going to be able able to do that you know, especially with the the boys setting them, and you know what? I heard they're running him a little bit faster. Um, I'm I've heard that you know he's been learning to see, and like I'm gonna go back to the club season again because we've talked about this. But whenever <laughs> like it, it it I know that he got value out of this season just because how I saw him interacting with the with the boys and how much like the team celebrated when he yeah, was being that was when, obvious to when me being too. Subbed in, you know, and if you are like. It, it's perfectly understandable if he was to become kind of his own cancer in a way, like withdrawn and being like, I'm, I'm not playing, I'm not doing this stuff. But it's clear to me that he was doing the work on the back end and, and, and putting in the time with, you know, some of the best athletes in the world. So I think that like it's we're going to see him unleashed here here in, the, in this VNL. I would like that very much. Uh, I But I do think that Sclater will start tomorrow. Um, I, I am very curious to see Sclater against the real big boys of international volleyball because while he was very good in that Cuba game in early 2020 and he was very very good in Montpellier this year I think ramping up to Tokyo is going to be a different level that he may or may not have seen before I'm very he's, curious to he's see how been that like goes. the player of the week in the VNL before like he's 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 put up big numbers in the VNL before like, did he play VNL two years ago yeah and and I don't remember. And, and back then, but there was one. Oh, actually, I do. I, he there was, he, there played, was, the, he there... played the match that that I was at in 2019 yeah. when you beat us, and I just I, I remembered seeing him like, who the heck is this guy? Just some yeah. placeholder opposite. He was he was good that day. He wasn't great. Yeah, I, I and I definitely think he's gotten better since then, right? Like I I, yeah, I, I agree. You know, and in terms of like undersized right side, he might be one of the best in the world. Yeah, he's good. He's not. He's what is he six six? Yeah, six six. About that, I would. Yeah. I would pick Ryan Sclater any day over a certain um, Titans volleyball superstar that we see all the time. Uh, is he left-handed and from Japan? <laughs> He's left-handed <laughs> and from Japan. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that. Right, and like, and I think that you know Sclater brings the 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 whole package in, in a lot of ways. 
And you know what? When we play Sclater too with Jay Blankenau, like I love that that combination because Blankenau he runs it so fast, his right side setting it kind of dips in a little bit and it just allows Sclater to come in at an angle and it's such a fast right side ball and you pair that with the the power of Perrin and Mara on the left side and that's such a deadly combination when is when it's working well and, and we're in our system like our system is we're going to trap you with our serve block game we're going to push you fast in a transition game because we because we can do that and to be it's so much fun to watch i can't wait for tomorrow that's uh, that's a good point so that that's something that that i was able to notice really clearly watching in person and this is not just Canada but in general so it's pretty obvious to me at least to me watching from afar obviously it's it's better you can experience more when you're there on the floor with mm-hmm. the guys but you can tell how fast the average position for outside ball is in in system offense these days what you can't really tell though is how fast the average position two or, or position one D ball is these days. And when I was at the VNL final in 2019, when the U.S. got stomped by Russia 3-1, that really stuck out to me, how Matt Anderson was taking both front and back row balls pretty much right out of Micah's hands. The, the tempo that they were running on the backside blew me away. And I, I had seen i had seen for years how how the 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 game was evolving to just gun it outside as fast as possible but i really didn't expect to be so surprised by the tempo of the back set that you're talking about and it's a good point with sclater because if you have a guy that has the combination of two skills that opposite where he can accelerate to a ball and jump on it into the angle like sclater can definitely do or if he or he has the skill and the comfort to wait for the ball to cross his shoulder and pound it down the line or do a little uh, thumb down down the line. That's one of Sclater's best shots. I love draw it and he can hit outside of his shoulder way more than other guys can. And he gets that back door either off the block, out of bounds. Like it's one of his best shots. Very important skill for high level opposites these days, just because of the the speed and the adjustments to the ball. If you're going to run the offense that fast, you have to be able to hit that ball when you're half a step in front or behind the set. That's really huge. And um, I've always had a huge thing for right-handed opposites who can hit the ball down the line uh, because that's my favorite shot. And I just really love seeing it. Guys just really pull the ball down and hammer it at a high level. Um, but the, the, the speed that right side is run at now in system is it's difficult to hit that shot because it's so fast. You have to really either get the ball low and beat the block or really wait longer to let it cross across your body. So, um, and the set's I, I, gotta be there too, right? Oh, totally. And, uh, yeah, you know, with Micah Christensen, it's going to be, so I want to go back to a point that, that TJ Sanders made on your show and that you brought up earlier, the level of scouting that is done in national team season is substantial and it it spans years of data you have on players and so something that tj talked about a little on on with you that i wish you would have gotten into more is the fact that sometimes you have a guy a, a rookie come out and have a massive splash of a season his first year but then he tails off either even sometimes within that season, but then the year two, year three, year four, you'll see sophomore slumps in volleyball, not because the guy is less able or that he doesn't continue to elevate his game, but because on the national team level, all of a sudden there is now data on him when his rookie year there was not. So uh, Taylor Sanders is a good example of that. In 2014, he was the, he was the MVP of the World League because nobody had seen him. Now he continued to get better after that. And he's one of the rare cases that a- after that, 
great of a rookie year. He just continued to produce at that high of a level. But I'm curious about tomorrow's matchup. There hasn't been international volleyball in two years. There, We have no idea which seven guys are going to play for either team. How is the normal level of scouting going to impact this match? I think if you think about it right now, it will affect it less than usual because there's so much less that is predictable about who you're going to see. And even if you know who you're going to see, you're not necessarily going to see the same player that you saw the last time you were able to get scouting info on. I also think that both both teams are going to be more internally focused, right? Absolutely. Like, you know, when, Absolutely. I, when, I, when I talked to Blair and I talked to him on Saturday, um, you know, he was saying that some of the guys had just been, and they were leaving for VNL on Sunday. They were just saying that, you know, some of the guys were just getting back into the gym, kind of had only been into the gym two, three days, right? So a lot of that learning and, and regelling is going to be happening on uh, on the on, on the, the court fly. on, on totally. the fly at, at VNL, right? So I think that heading into this game, it's not necessarily. I, I don't think it's necessarily about what's happening on the other side. It's more about what are we doing on our side, especially since I it, totally agree. Especially with that. if this was game fifteen of the VNL, right? If we were having this conversation in 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 June, like in a, in a month's time, I think it's a very different scenario because it's how are we executing our game plans? Where are we at about this? You know, all, all of that stuff. However, I you know, I, I think that now it's definitely going to be about what like. What are we doing on our side that's good and bad? Like, what do we need to work on? What do we need to fix? And what are we, hey, what are we going to be relying on? Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think if we played, if the two of us played later in VNL, it would produce a more meaningful and like just kind of higher level and more developed matchup between the two. Uh, and tomorrow, you're right. I think the teams are going to be on their own sides because they have so much to figure out being their first real competition in two years. But it's not going to take away the amount of trash talk that I'm going to give to your entire country when we beat you tomorrow. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, right. Where where do you where do you think you guys are going to finish? That totally depends on the the lineup strategy and just the 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 way that the USA chooses to attack this tournament. And I brought this up when I talked about it with Dan. He put them fourth, and I I agree because clearly the talent level is there to win VNL. Obviously, like if if you don't think that the American starting seven can go out and, and win or medal in VNL, then you're crazy. But um, think back to 2019 VNL, and uh, there are, are similarities and differences. 2019, first of all, there were six teams that went to the finals. This year, there's only four. Also in 2019, the U.S. was hosting the finals. So they automatically got a spot in the finals and therefore the main intercontinental round. It didn't matter what they did, win-loss. They threw out some of the most ridiculous lineup combos I've ever seen because it didn't matter. This is a completely different story. However, um, the goal probably, at least for the teams that consider themselves Olympic favorites, is not to win VNL. The goal is to win gold at Tokyo. So... How is Spira and company going to use this tournament to build towards that goal? And does it involve really making a push to win the VNL? We'll see. Um, the U.S. has never been a results-driven program. It has always been a process-driven program where several other like big-name national teams are not that way at all. Uh, Russia is clearly a results-driven program. I would argue that Brazil is as well. But... Uh, the U.S. and Canada both are process-driven organizations, and that's the way they run their teams. So, I mean, when you, when you have the, if, if the U.S. The, doesn't make the VNL, sorry, yeah, if 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 the U.S. doesn't make the final four of this VNL, 
but Sparab feels that they really got better and they made a lot of progress toward Tokyo, he's not going to lose any sleep over not making the finals of this tournament. But let's let's say that they do make the finals of VNL and they really don't play well in the finals and they take a step back and they they really take the, those mat those finals matches seriously and they really play their best guys and they and they don't perform well at all. That will be a step back for the U.S. So that's kind of my take on their approach to the tournament. Um, if you had to, if I had to pick where they would finish, uh, I'm going to go with we make the finals, uh, make the final four, but lose in the semis. So I, I think we're probably going to play for bronze. I think uh, Russia is my my pick to win the tournament. They have won the last two VNLs. Why not make it the third VNL? Um, I think that Serbia is going to surprise people and make the finals because they're not going to Tokyo and they have nothing else to play for except for European championships in September. They they did win World League in 2016. In 2016. That was exactly the yeah. point I made the other day. So I think that if there's going to be a surprise team and in a lot of these like VNL or World it's League competitions, awesome. there is. Uh, in 2017, it was clearly Canada. Um, it's our time again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In 2019, I think Iran outplayed expectations because uh, they made the final six and then they, I think they beat Brazil somehow. Uh, but this year, I think it may be Serbia again for that same reason that they aren't going to Tokyo and they might take this tournament more seriously. Who knows? Uh, I, I think it will fit the theme that even if the U.S. fails to beat Canada tomorrow by some miracle, we will outplace you as miracle. we have in oh every goodness. other tournament in the last like 10 years <laughs> other than the 2017 World League. <laughs> You're like one for one for oh okay. well i i have it all written down dude uh 2019 world cup usa third canada ninth uh norseka 2019 usa second canada third uh vnl 2019 usa second canada ninth world championships 2018 usa third canada ninth vnl 2018 usa third right, canada right. seventh olympics 2016 usa bronze canada tied for fifth like uh, you get the picture but that but then world league 2017 you, you know medaled what? The, the roster has you know what the schedule just hasn't been in our favor um <laughs> you know what it's this is the no excuses podcast <laughs> no excuses you know what hey i i think i honestly after like i think that for us finishing the top six is is a good result you know, and, yeah. and, and I think that's attainable. Do I think that we could uh, reach the finals? Yeah, I absolutely do. I, I think that's a possibility. But much like you guys are, are a process based program, so are we. I think that's part of the North American charm to volleyball where it's Agreed. it's Agreed. not, you know, you're not Russia or Poland or Brazil that just has a entire closet stock full of players you know it's it's very much like the nba or the nhl going to the olympics right it's let's just look into our you know coffer coffer of riches and just be like yeah let's we're, we're just going to pick the best and then we're going to run run for that Whereas, and then and then if if you fail to win the tournament you fire your coach and you get the next guy in yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 poland russia italy whatever like, you know but, but that's like, not but that's not us it's but we, we work in we work in quads right exactly like, you know, exactly. we work towards the Olympics because that's where the majority majority of the funding comes from. Because yep. our both of our national bodies are terrible at selling our own sport and are completely incapable of getting us any meaningful sponsorships. Um, but Big that's fact. A, that's a conversation for another time, um, <laughs> right? And uh, like, I, I don't necessarily think that like at this point, I don't think there's anything taking a step back. You know, and there's very little to be gained in, in everyone's positions. You know, if for the, the top teams, we're all going to the Olympics. It's everything is gearing up towards that, that, that point. 
and everything is, you know what, like, because at the end of the day, I think that almost any team can beat any other team, right? Like, if if Russia doesn't show up, you know, they're not winning, right? It's not like Russia and, and Poland are so untouchable that if their guys don't show up and, and, you know, the passing breaks down or whatever, they can't set the ball, that they're just automatically going to go through you know right think that's think- true with anyone like any of the olympic qualifiers any of the 12 teams there unless you get to play tunisia or venezuela is yeah. the other really bad team yeah. yikes so unless you get those matchups it's the same way as the olympics like you have to take every single point of every match really seriously because any any team absolutely any team can come out and beat you on any given day and that's why i think it's so awesome i i want to kind of close the, this whole discussion with this. The the eye test of watching these teams throughout VNL and throughout the prep towards Tokyo, the eye test is going to be so much more important than any amount of numbers. It's not even funny. And I think this year that's true. Than Maybe any results, even, I would say. Exactly. Than, than any results. Like even, even statistics I don't think are going to matter all that much as, lo- as long as perhaps you might see some statistics improve as the VNL goes on. That might be a good indicator, but the eye test is going to be so big. And I'm, I, I told Dan this, I've had every one of the USA's VNL matches in my phone calendar for a month already. So you better believe I'm going to be watching all of them. And I expect this to be just to see all of these matches and in the, the sample size of watching every match of the tournament for the U.S., I expect to see the team get better based on the eye test. And I expect to see them figure each other out. I expect to see them start to settle themselves in and then start to be able to look across the net and think about what's going on over there with matchups. And I that, that's the exact process that we're talking about. And I think you guys can expect something very similar. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I 100% think the eye test is, is what is going to dictate how I rank the Olympics heading in. Right. It, yeah. It's, agreed. It's, it's agreed. It's you know what? If a certain team doesn't get the results they want to because of errors or execution on a certain day, like that d- isn't going to have a bearing over. You know, I I really want to see how team dynamics work. I want to see how is their offense running. I want to see how is that. You know how how is their defense and and block scenario going in? You know, I I, I want to see like are, are they clicking? Do they have some things that they're they're, they're going to be need, needing to figure out? Right? Like if I'm if I'm going to use the women's team for example, like I, I think that there's a lot of good things happening in all of the rubble that that is happening. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, there is. That's, that's true. Right? Totally. right. Because like we're at that process where the, where there's a lot of growth, and I think that you know trying to sift through that is going to be the way to determine how teams show up at the Olympics. That being said, you know, you don't think it would be galvanizing for a team like Canada or the US to like finish like ninth or tenth in in uh in the VNL and just be like, hey, we know we're better than this and we're gonna put our nose to the grindstone until Tokyo and we're gonna push it, you know? That's a beautiful thing about uh the Olympics is that like Cinderella stories happen. Right. Yeah. And, and that's it's really you just take it one game at a time and it's one event and if you're hot, you're hot. That's what I love so much about about that's why I think VNL is is valuable in the, in the scheme of international volleyball is because you can gather so much information from the amount of volleyball that is played in that tournament and especially the year going to the Olympics exactly the things that you said like you can really use the eye test as somebody who really loves and appreciates high level volleyball you can really tell the 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 little details of what is making a team of what is going to make you rate a team as their stock rising or falling going into the Olympics. It's really easy to tell that if you watch a ton of volleyball and you can see all the little tiny little things as it's 
of course, a work in progress. Everybody hasn't played in two years. Everybody's going to be working it out throughout the matches, throughout the weekends. And I'm so excited to see all the different teams develop in, in all of their different ways and for that to manifest itself in hopefully some really good matches, starting with a USA beatdown of Canada tomorrow morning. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Buddy, we, we've got this wrapped up. Like The boys are already getting ready for Argentina because that's the real. Everyone in Canada <laughs> knows that the real match isn't on Friday. It's on Saturday if you lose, we take on Argentina. If you lose to an Argentinian roster with nine guys, I will never Yeah, but it's all the of their of best guys. The guys who aren't there are the bench Not guys. all of them. Not Th- all they've of got them. Conte, they've got Decheco, they've got Crayer, they've got Soleil. What more they do you need? They don't, I don't think they have a libero. I don't think Donani's there. Anyway, uh, if you lose to a nine-person Argentinian roster on Saturday, I'm never letting you hear the end of it. But right now, Apparently. all sites all sites set on USA Canada tomorrow, noon Eastern. If you don't know where to watch it, come to the Discord. We'll try and help you out. But just, just pay for Volleyball World TV. It's worth it. If you're in Canada, you can watch it for free on cbcsports.ca. Is it, that true? Yeah, it'll be, it, it will Dude, be streamed. Sweet. So Lucky if you, you live in Canada or know how to use a VPN, because it's CBC, so it's not like an extensive... Like it's just um, Yeah, you can watch it. Like I watch the matches on my Apple TV app. It's great. Yeah, the uh, huge shout outs to the FIVB for this because they, they have a, an app now for volleyballworld.tv, like the subscription for VNL, that is Chromecast friendly. Yes. Uh, that was the best thing I ever saw when I downloaded the other day because that's how I like consume all my media in my place is by Chromecast. I'm like, thank God I don't have to like do some stupid thing from my laptop to make that work. Although FIVB, you should definitely hire the both of us, especially imagine a broadcast where a, you and I did like <laughs> s- simultaneously. Like talking, I was going to talk. I was going to get to that broadcast. I was, I was going to get to commentary very briefly because so far I've been watching v- women's VNL the last couple of days and I have not been impressed by the level of commentary. Just, I mean, it's not been good. I, it's been better. I've seen, I've Ugh. heard worse. And like, I, I of agree. course we've heard worse. We've heard Everett. worse. Of course we, but we've like, always a, heard there's worse. There's two people most of the time, except for the Canada games. Mostly. Um, that's true. That that's, that's a step up. You know, we're on the lowest of the totem poles. So whenever we're playing, <laughs> uh, you know, other teams that we get that one British guy who I'm pretty sure is going to be paired with Claire Hanna. Um, once she's done with the double IHF world championships in, in Riga, Latvia. And, Canadians will know Claire Hanna, former, former national team libero, now a superstar journalist. Uh, and member of the Volleyball Source Discord. And member of the Volleyball Source Discord, absolutely. <laughs> once she's out of, like, she's told me that once she's out of the the, 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 the hockey bubble, she's going to be right into the Discord, and she's going to be, I'm, I'm sure she's she's going to be loving the spiciness. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, but, but yeah, if, if you guys need a, a place and some friends to watch it with, uh, come come hang out on the Discord. That's we will be voice chatting for the match tomorrow. We will we 100%. will be voice chatting for the match tomorrow. Um, maybe I might even have like a lunch beer or two. Um, just, oh, I absolutely will. You know, I'm gonna do the most American stuff you could ever imagine, just because it's it's it, it's the occasion calls for it. I'm so excited. That's great. I I, <laughs> I guess we're going to my. I'm in the process of moving right now, and there's just a few things left at my old place, including my Team Canada jerseys. So I don't think that's why I'm wearing this terrible polo. Not saying that uh, nothing against the polo or Mizuno. Actually, it, it, it's a it's a nice polo as far as polos go, but I just I don't I don't like wearing polos. I, I so I've I want to many of these over the years. I, I want to talk about. 
the so you brought up Mizuno. I, I'm I will never forgive Canada for switching away from their old Mizuno jerseys, like the sleeveless ones with the with the, the simple with the big Dude, leaf on the side and the stripes. Those, those were the cleanest, iconic, cleanest look in all of volleyball. So I remember back in 2017, I actually kind of want to do this again. The 2017 some some tournament, I did like a, a uniform power rankings for the the teams in World League at the time on the men's side. You were number which one was, for sure. You were, yeah. you were, yeah, you were number one, and France was number two because the old French threads were sick. They have since gone away from those. So I'm, I'm, I will always be mad at Canada for ditching those incredible looks for this stupid, like super tight, short sleeved, like '80s looking number business. Uh, bad, 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 Mizuno. Shame on you. But uh, if you want, if if people are interested, I am going to do that again for this PNL. I, I think I. I uh, I actually had one that I had prepared for the Italian league. I had ranked out ah. all of the Italian league jerseys. Verona, Those are tough because Verona there's just so the many. Yeah, t- definitely. Those are tough because there's just sponsors everywhere on the jerseys. Uh, national team, we don't have that problem as much. So yeah, once we get some some looks at all the teams on court threads this tournament, I'll probably do a little rankings of them because I really like sports uniforms. I think that'll be cool. Yeah, I, let's. I, I definitely think that once once you do, let me know and uh, I, we we should talk about it on the Discord. We'll, we'll we get, will. We'll, we'll get some consensus going. We certainly will. All right, boys and girls, go USA. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah, no, it's going to be all, all <laughs> Team Canada all day long, baby. We might gift you a set just for the fun of it. I told you we're going five and we're beating you 15-8 in the fifth. 15-8. You heard it. Yeah, we got to rest up. First. We got to rest up for Argentina. It's not going five. All right. See you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.